Welcome into the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. Locked On Aggies podcast, your source every day for all things Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. It's Alabama week. It's the big week of the year that every SEC team looks forward to. They point to, they circle on their calendar. Everybody wants to beat Alabama. It's Alabama week. I can't wait. That game, 2.30 on Saturday on CBS in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be a huge test. It's going to be a big matchup. We'll see if Texas A&M can hang in there. I don't know. Alabama looking like one of the best teams in college football early on, to say the least. Maybe the best team in college football history. If you've seen them play, you know what I'm talking about. They look scary, scary good. But besides that, we have a lot of Texas A&M news we need to get to today. We're going to talk about Ryan McCollum's arrest. Ryan McCollum, a center on the Texas A&M football team, listed as Eric McCoy's backup. That could be a very significant loss if Ryan McCollum misses any time, and you think after an arrest, it's probably likely that he's going to serve some sort of suspension. We'll see. There's no word yet from the athletic department, but we'll dive deeper into that in just a few moments. We're also going to talk about the 2019 Aggie football schedule. That got released yesterday. A lot of big matchups on that schedule, and it's unbelievably brutal. It's one of the hardest SEC schedules I've seen since Texas A&M joined the SEC, and I've been paying attention to this sort of thing. It's definitely the hardest schedule I've seen A&M have, especially when you consider the road trips that they're going to make. But there's a lot of destination places as well. I know personally myself, I'm a college football nut. I like going to see different venues, getting to see different tailgate scenes around the country. There's a couple schools on that on that uh, schedule that I definitely want to check out when that time comes. So we'll get into that eventually. And also, I want to talk a little bit more about Kellen Mond. We touched on it just briefly on yesterday's show, but it seems like Alabama, every time they lose... They lose to a dual-threat quarterback. Now, can Kellen Mond be that guy on Saturday? That remains to be seen, but I think he's done some things early on. He's made some improvements from year one to year two. That leads me to believe that, yeah, he can give Alabama problems. Now, will it be enough? I don't know. But I do think he can give Alabama problems if he can play up to his potential, if he can play like he did Clemson. Uh, We'll talk about that later on as well. But before we get started... I want to take a moment for Vivid Seats. If you're like me, you're a sports geek. You love sports. You love going to sporting events. You love going to concerts. I'm a big music guy as well. Whatever live events you go to, you can find tickets on Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. I've been to big sporting events. I've seen some great concerts. I can tell you right now, those memories are going to last for my entire life. But with Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. I'm a big Chris Stapleton fan. He's one of my favorite music artists on the scene right now. I saw him in person last year at the Houston Rodeo. I got my tickets off Vivid Seats, and Chris Stapleton blew me away. It was awesome seeing him play in person. Whether you want to see your favorite sports team, your favorite artist, you can get tickets to see them in person on Vivid Seats. Now, with a podcast code locked on, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. That's $20 off orders of $200 or more. That's 10%. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, enter promo code Locked On, and you can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. Now, the good thing about Vivid Seats, if your tickets don't come in the mail, if something else happens, who knows? Things happen, right? Well, all Vivid Seats confirmed owners are backed by a 100% guarantee. 100% guarantee. If something happens, you don't get your tickets, you get your money back. 100% guarantee. Remember, promo code locked on. You receive $20 off orders of $200 or more 
You can't miss that. Too good of a deal to pass up. Vivid Seats. Listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. It's the best on the market. I strongly recommend it. I've used them. They're great. Now, Ryan McCollum. Ryan McCollum, Texas a and backup center. After the game Saturday against Louisiana Monroe, I, he left in a hurry, to say the least. I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if he was trying to meet with his friends on Northgate or if he had some family in town he was trying to catch up with or maybe... I don't know what this deal was, but he got arrested for charges related to reckless driving on campus following the game against Louisiana Monroe. Ryan Travis McCollum, 20 of spring. This story from KBTX and College Station. Ryan McCollum, he's also accused of evading a police officer on a bicycle who attempted to stop the sophomore offensive lineman. A Texas A&M police officer observed McCollum in a 2012 Ford pickup truck driving recklessly southbound on Thorpe Norton Street near Short Street. The officer says McCollum almost struck another vehicle while driving through an area with pedestrians, then accelerated rapidly around the vehicle. As the officer attempted to catch up to the truck, employees working traffic control told the officer the truck also traveled recklessly around them on Thorpe Morton near Lewis Street. The officer says he finally caught up to McCollum in traffic at the intersection of Thorpe Morton and George Bush Drive and activated his lights and bike horns, but the officer said McCollum... uh, accelerated quickly on the George Bush Drive after the light turned green. McCollum finally stopped for the officer on George Bush Drive at Bizzle Street next to the vehicle after multiple companions from an officer, according to the police report. McCollum was booked into the Brazos County Detention Center Saturday night and he was released Sunday morning on a $7,000 bond. Uh, this is what I have to say about this. Why? Why? Eric McCoy, the starting center for Texas A&M, sprained his knee last week. If you're uh, Ryan McCollum, you know that you're Eric McCoy's backup, right? Because on the depth chart, according to Texas A&M, Ryan McCollum is Eric McCoy's backup at center. You know that you have a shot to start next game. This is after the game, after Louisiana Monroe. McCollum knew the situation. He knew McCoy was hurt. This is so idiotic to me. I get you're going to do stupid things. I get that you're in college. I was in college, too. I did some really stupid things that, quite frankly, I probably could have gone to jail for. But a really good friend of mine once told me, it's a guy I look up to, I've known him for a while, he once told me, be smart about the stupid things you do. You're going to do stupid stuff, you're in college, have fun, but be smart about the stupid things you do. He wasn't following that advice. That was not smart. That was very stupid. I don't get it. But what this does to Texas A&M from a football standpoint it puts them in a very tough situation because, like I said, Eric McCoy, he's dealing with a sprained knee right now. Jimbo Fisher said in his press conference on Monday that he should be okay to go, but you got to think with a knee sprain, he's not going to be 100%, especially as a center when you're bending down, you're getting leverage, you're getting back up, all that pressure on your knee. It's eventually going to get to you, and I highly doubt that he's going to be 100% on Saturday, and it wouldn't surprise me if it turns out that he can't give it a go. And if he can't give it a go, you're not going to be able to go to Ryan McCollum, who started seven games last year and has experience. You're going to have to give it to somebody else. That shakes up the entire offensive line, an offensive line that isn't very experienced to begin with. You have Keaton Sutherland starting at tackle. He's a senior. Eric McCoy, the junior. After that, it's a bunch of sophomores. The Texas A&M offensive line was a question mark to begin with. And with this arrest, a potential suspension, and Eric McCoy's injury that we don't really know all the details yet. We think he'll be okay to go. We hope he'll be able to go. But there's really no telling at this point. The Texas A&M offensive line already wasn't in a great situation with a lack of experience. But with these two things happening, they could be in a very, very bad situation 
going, going up against one of the best defensive lines in the country against Alabama. You think Travion Williams couldn't get anything going against Clemson with a healthy offensive line? Well, it might be even more tough. Even though the Alabama defensive line I don't think is quite as good as Clemson, they're still pretty good. They're still very, very solid. And if Eric McCoy can't go, and now Ryan McCollum can't go because of this stupid incident where he's driving recklessly after the Louisiana Monroe game, getting himself arrested, Texas A&M could be in trouble on the offensive line. They might have a very hard time getting the run game going. This is when Kellen Mond might have to put his uh, scrambling ability to the test against a really good Alabama defense. I just got to point out how stupid that is of McCollum, and I hope he learned from it. Like I said, I've been in college. I understand. I've done stupid things, too, that lucky enough I probably wasn't caught doing. But that being said, it doesn't excuse him because at the same time, you have to be smarter than that. You're putting your team in a very tough situation. We'll see how Jimbo Fisher handles it. Uh, the Texas A&M Athletics Department hasn't made a comment yet. I'm sure they won't for a while. They're still getting all the facts. But that's where we're at with Ryan McCollum. Not good. Could be trouble for the Texas A&M offensive line. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the 2019 Aggie football schedule. We're going to talk about a storyline for each game on that schedule. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. I'm a big fantasy football guy. And recently, over the last couple of years, I've gotten into daily fantasy sports. And the website I got onto to begin with to get into daily fantasy sports happened to be FanDuel. I liked it because it was easy. I liked it because the games were fun, and they offered more than just your typical fantasy football games. They have a whole bunch of different types of games, and right now, my favorite one is called Gridiron Pick'em because it's simple. It's simple, and it's easy to win. This is what you do. If you play, you choose winning teams for all the Sunday games each week during the NFL season. $10,000 will be split amongst all the top pickers every week. So if 20 people tie, it gets split between 20. If you're the single best picker out of everybody who picks, you win 10 grand. It's that simple. It's easy. Now, unlike the Survivor game where you had to sign up before the season, people can play this game all season long. So you can jump in at any time. That's a great news for me. That might be great news for you because I forgot to sign up for the last one. I'm not going to lie. I got busy, but I can still play the gridiron pick them. And I can't wait. So I'll see you there on Sunday. FanDuel.com. Play the gridiron pick them. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast hosted by myself, Taylor Travis, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. Yesterday, Texas A&M and the entire SEC released their 2019 football schedules. And that kind of threw me off guard because it seems like we're just getting started on the 2018 season. By the way, I don't mean to ruin your day. I don't mean to depress you or make you sad, but this depressed me. So I have to make you depressed too, because that's how it works, right? Well, the 2018 college football season, at least the regular season, is already a quarter of the way done. It's 25% done. I just had to throw that out there. I'm sorry to ruin your day. But as I was saying, the 2019 Texas A&M football schedule is released, and there's some big matchups. There's some marquee games. There's some games that are going to make for some fun road trips that I'm planning on making. But I want to go one by one down this schedule and give you a storyline of each game and give you a reason why you should watch each game. How does that sound? Let's do it. Texas A&M is going to open up the year against Texas State on Saturday, August 31st. And I'm not going to lie, that's a pretty boring game, but I want you to imagine what if Dennis Francione still coached at Texas State? What kind of reception would he get at Kyle Field? That would have to be the loudest boo of all time. I know Aggies aren't supposed to boo, and there's a lot of Aggies out there who are extremely anti-boo. And if you boo, they'll give you dirty looks. They'll even try to fight you. 
But if Dennis Franchione was still the head coach at Texas State and they went into Kyle Field, I guarantee you every single Aggie at that game would boo until their lungs just come out of their mouths. That's how it would work. They would boo their lungs out. Because Aggies don't like Dennis, Fr- Dennis Franchione. One of the most disappointing, one of the worst coaches of all time at Texas A&M. I don't think anybody can argue that. But just imagine if Dennis Franchione was still the head coach at Texas State. That would make for one fun matchup just based on that alone. The next week, September 7th, it's a Saturday game. They're going to Clemson. The A&M will have a chance to uh, get some revenge after that close loss a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago at Kyle Field, 28-26 to Clemson. Um, last time A&M went to Clemson, some people might remember this. It was 2005, the season opener. They lost 25-24. to And I hate to bring this up to Aggie fans. There's some Aggie fans who are going to have bad flashbacks when I say this name. Jad Dean. Jad Dean was the Clemson kicker, who I believe kicked six or seven field goals that game. Clemson won 25-24. Texas A&M defense played a great game, kept him out of the end zone. But Jad Dean split the uprights each time. Clemson wins 25-24. I'm sure Texas A&M will be looking to get some revenge when they go into Death Valley next year. By the way, that's a game I want to go to. That's a great place to watch a game. I'm excited. Uh, Up next, Saturday, September 14th, they take on Lamar. Not going to lie, nothing much exciting about that game. I guess in-state rivalry. I say that sarcastically. Uh, The week after that, September 21st, they'll be taking on Auburn at Kyle Field. That's going to be a really interesting game. It seems like the road team always wins this game between A&M and Texas A&M. Maybe Jarrett Sidham returns for his senior year. I know he's projected to go in the first round of the NFL draft, but maybe he comes back if he does. That definitely makes it even more interesting. Could also be a top 10 team coming into uh, Kyle Field, so keep your eye out for that as well. Saturday, September 28th against Arkansas. That's in Arlington, which, by the way, I hate that they play that game in Arlington. I wish they played that at Kyle Field and in Fayetteville because Fayetteville is a really underrated place to go. I'm a big Fayetteville fan. But I'm interested to see what Arkansas looks like in year two under Chad Morris because his system on offense is hard to learn. They're struggling right now this year, but I think year two, they're going to take a big step forward. That's going to be really interesting to keep an eye out for. Uh, The next week, you have the bye week. Remember, NCAA rules this year. Each team has to have two bye weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that benefits certain teams. But the following week, October 12th, Alabama, always a big game. And it gets bigger now that Jimbo Fisher is the head coach at Texas A&M because you have the Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban rivalry. Jimbo Fisher coached under Nick Saban as an offensive coordinator at LSU. So there's a lot at stake there. The next week, A&M takes on Ole Miss. That Ole Miss offense could be scary if A.J. Brown returns. They'll still have Jordan Tiamu. They'll still have D.K. Metcalf. They'll still have Scotty Phillips. If the defense can improve just a little bit, look out. Ole Miss could get good really fast. Next week, they take on Mississippi State. What will that team look like in year two under Joe Moorhead? That's going to be interesting to see. UTSA up next, I guess another fantastic in-state rivalry. Again, I say that with sarcasm. Another bye week. Then they got South Carolina. Now, that's the rivalry game that the SEC kind of forced upon both sides. I think they even have a trophy. You've probably never heard of it. That says how much people care about this game. But there is a trophy, I believe, that each team gets when they win this game. I don't know what it's called. Can't even tell you what it looks like. But I think I remember there being a trophy. Don't quote me on that. Maybe I'm wrong. But this is the the cross-division rivalry that the SEC kind of forced on both teams that nobody takes seriously. So, yeah, rivalry game. Great. Woohoo. At Georgia, at LSU to end the year. That's brutal. Two road games in two of the toughest venues in the SEC. At Georgia, 
I got to make the trip to Athens. It seems like an incredible environment, a great tailgating scene, a great stadium. They just keep getting better under Kirby Smart. I had my doubts about Kirby Smart. I was wrong. Kirby Smart, a fantastic head coach. Georgia just keeps getting better. This could be the third top three team that Texas A&M plays next year. Let's assume Alabama will be number one. Clemson could very well be number two when Texas A&M plays them. And Georgia could be number three. Brutal, brutal schedule. But hey, that's life in the SEC, right? And they close at LSU. Now, this game against LSU, I've thought this since the moment Texas A&M joined the SEC. It has the makings of a fantastic rivalry. Both regionally, historically, the two teams played each other in the Southwest Conference for years and years. But it's not a rivalry until both teams at least win a game. A&M still hasn't beat LSU since they joined the SEC, which is baffling to me. It's just they cannot beat LSU no matter what. Even with Johnny Manziel, they struggled. But I think this year that might be a little bit different. I think the teams match up a little bit better. We'll see. It remains to be seen. But that's the 2019 A&M schedule. Again, I'll repeat it. They open the year against Texas State. Then they go to Clemson. Then they take on Lamar back home for Auburn. They play Arkansas and Arlington in a bye week. They take on Alabama at Kyle Field. They go to Ole Miss and Oxford. Mississippi State at Kyle Field. UTSA at Kyle Field. Another bye week. South Carolina at Kyle Field. And then they go at Georgia and at LSU. It's going to be tough. It's going to be brutal. But hey, again, that's life in the SEC. Coming up next, I want to talk about Kellen Mond and the challenges he presents to the Alabama defense and some of the improvements he's make for, he made from year one to year two. But before that, I want to tell you about my bookie. Now, I said this on yesterday's show, but ever since I started talking on the radio, I talk a lot of football. It seems like to me, everybody asks me for betting advice. And I can't tell you who's going to win the game. I can give you my best shot, but I can't tell you who's going to win. But what I can tell you is the best place to go to bet on college football games. That's mybookie.com. I would only recommend a service to you, my listener. That's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to take your way over to mybookie. You win, they pay. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code ONCOLLEGE25 to activate the offer. And again, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Again, I recommend this service. They've been great to me. They'll be great to you, too. That's MyBookie. Promo code ONCOLLEGE25. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is the Locked On Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. The Locked On Podcast, your daily source of everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Bama week. It's Bama hate week, as Aggies like to say, and it's time that we start previewing that game a little bit. And, you know, I was thinking back on some of the teams that have given Alabama problems in the past. Some teams that Either A, they beat Alabama. That's few and far between. Seems like the last five, six years, Alabama has rarely lost games. It's because it's true. They hardly ever lose games. But teams that might have given Alabama trouble, taking them down to the wire, didn't really pull it off at the end, but still gave the Alabama defense fits. And it seems like there's one common trend. And it's no secret. It's talked about nationally. But there's one common trend between all of those teams. And that's the fact that each one of those teams has a dual threat quarterback. Now, listen, I said dual threat, not mobile. There's a difference. A mobile quarterback doesn't have the strongest arm. That's what Kellen Mond was last year. Kellen Mond was very, very mobile, but his arm strength wasn't great, and his accuracy was flat-out terrible. He barely completed over half half his passes. Kellen Mond last year was not the quarterback that we're seeing this year. 
This time last year, I would have told you that Kellen Mond has no chance of beating Alabama. Now, I know how good Alabama is this year. It scares me. It's terrifying. I think that the way they're playing right now, at the end of the year, we could very well look at this Alabama team and say, they're the best team in college football history. I think it's very possible. But Kellen Mond, the way he's playing, the way he played against Clemson especially, he fits the mold of a quarterback that can give the Alabama defense fits. Now, why is that? Because he does two things. He can extend the play. The Alabama front seven is notorious for getting in the backfield, putting pressure on the quarterback. He's able to roll out of the pocket. He's able to scramble. He's able to, like I said, extend the play. That's what Johnny Manziel was able to do. That's what Deshaun Watson was able to do at Clemson when they beat them in the national championship game. That's what Chad Kelly was able to do. Bo Wallace, uh, Jarrett Stidham last year at Auburn. The list goes on and on. I'm probably even forgetting a couple obvious ones. But what Kellamont does this year that he wasn't able to do last year when he scrambles out of the pocket, and he's had to do that a lot this year because the AM offensive line, quite frankly, isn't very good, and he's under pressure a lot. But when he scrambles out of the pocket, last year we saw him just tuck the ball, try to run, or he would try to make a pass downfield, but he'd have a hard time keeping his eyes downfield. This year, he keeps his eyes downfield, and that's a sign of a mature quarterback. Jimbo Fisher said last week that's, a, that's something they've been working on for Kellen Mond is keeping his eyes downfield, and it's shown. His accuracy has improved a lot. His leadership. I saw him uh, in the game Saturday against Louisiana Monroe when he r- ripped into an offensive lineman for a holding call. We didn't see that last year from him. Last year, he was a lot more timid, almost kind of shy. It was hard for the team to rally around him. But he stepped in that leadership role in a big way. And Jimbo Fisher said during the offseason, whoever wins the team is going to win the job. And seeing Kellen Mond under center in the huddle direct the traffic his team rally around him. It's obvious to me that Kellamon did, in fact, win the team. His pocket presence has improved. He knows when to scramble, when to step up and make a throw. And like I said, again, his accuracy, you just can't say enough about that. Last year, he completed 51 and a half of his passes, which is pretty terrible. This year, 62.9%. That's greater than a 9% improvement. Also, you look at how much he's averaging per pass. This year, it's 9.3. Last year, it was 6.1. What that tells me is he's completing a lot more passes downfield. And you think back on the games against Clemson, Northwestern State, Louisiana Monroe, he's doing that. He's looking downfield a lot more often. That's because last year under Noel Mazzoni and Kevin Sumlin, it seemed like Texas A&M really didn't throw downfield that much. It also has a lot to do with Kellamont's confidence. He's confident enough to step up in the pocket and make that deep pass and know that he can hit his target. And that confidence has gone a long way for him this year. I think last year, Kellamont... He made some big plays against Alabama last season, no doubt, but he still looked like a freshman at times. He was still wild. I think last year, this version of Kellamon probably could have knocked off Alabama at Kyle Field. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of trouble Kellamon can give the Alabama defense because Kellamon, like I said, he fits the mold. He is very similar to a lot of quarterbacks who have beaten Alabama in the past. I don't know if Texas A&M has the team around him that can do it, but Kellamon... He reminds me a lot of, I'm not going to say he reminds me of Johnny Manziel, but he brings a lot of things to the table that Johnny Manziel did. Same thing with Chad Kelly, Bo Wallace, Deshaun Watson, all those mobile quarterbacks. Even Trevor Knight gave Alabama trouble on defense. It's always those mobile quarterbacks you have to look out for if you're Alabama. And it's going to be really interesting to see on Saturday how Kellen Mond does against this Alabama defense because he performed really well against Clemson. But quite frankly, that secondary of Clemson was kind of a question mark going into the year. And you can say the same about Alabama. It said, everybody said, all the national people, 
leading up to the season is that Alabama's secondary is going to be their Achilles heel and opposing teams are going to be able to go deep on them and beat them deep. I know Barrett Salee of CBS picked Ole Miss to beat Alabama during the offseason because Alabama's secondary had a lot of concerns. Well, last week against Ole Miss, against one of the best offenses in the SEC, certainly the best receiving group, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. After that, they gave up, I believe, it was 56 total pass yards on six completions the rest of the game. That's insane. The Alabama secondary, I don't think, is a weakness. I think it's just as strong as ever, and Alabama's going to be a really hard team to beat. That being said, I think Kellen Mond puts A&M in a good position to at least hang with Alabama, and if anybody, any quarterback in the SEC can beat Alabama, I think Kellen Mond has just as good of a chance as anybody if he can play like he has against Clemson, against Louisiana Monroe, Northwestern State, if he's able to put up those kind of numbers. Now, that being said, it's going to be tough. It's on the road. He's not going to be at Kyle Field. Tuscaloosa is a really hard place to play. Bryant-Denny Stadium is loud. But Kellen Mond has a really good opportunity to put himself on the map nationally and maybe sneak in as a dark horse in the Heisman race. A&M doesn't have to win for that to happen. But if Kellen Mond can play well and keep A&M in the game, I can see that happening. That's going to do it for the show today. Tomorrow, we're going to dive deeper into Alabama. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the Alabama offense against the Texas A&M defense. And on the show on Friday... We'll do vice versa. We'll talk Alabama defense against the Texas A&M offense. Did I get that mixed up? I don't know. I think I got it right. But we'll dive deeper in this Alabama game. Again, it's Bama week. It's one of the best games of the year if you're in the SEC, especially if you're Texas A&M. Everybody wants to beat Alabama. Texas A&M, I'm sure, is going to give it their best shot on Saturday. I'm looking forward to watching it. But this has been the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your source for Texas A&M athletics every day. I'm Taylor Travis, your host. The Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.